over the past few weeks, it strikes me that there are some themes developing, such as wilderness travel, collaborative creation and storytelling. And I think in part this is to do with the call-ins and responding to the call-ins and then some more call-ins. And when you're doing this on a daily basis, you're bound to get these these threads develop and quite often they blend into one. So there are these recurring themes and today's prompt I see as a little bit of a wild card theme. So I'm going to return to a theme basically because I've got a real excellent calling and when I put out my trap episode there was something else I wanted to add didn't get round to it. Hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit. T is for traps. For more than one adventurer, the last thing they've heard on this side of the shroud is the soft click of a depressed flagstone or the sharp snick of a spring-loaded needle sliding home. They've run afoul of one of the myriad traps that guard the secrets of the dungeon. In order to protect the gold, jewels and magic secreted in the dungeon, many contraptions, both magic and mundane, have been placed to guard them. A dungeon without traps is like a house without books. It lacks its very soul. Traps come in countless forms, being limited only by the creativity and wealth of their creators. Some are minute and easy to overlook, only discovered when the attempt to open an unlocked chest goes awry. Others are of massive construction, bringing down the entire ceiling of a room onto a hapless party that didn't follow the correct pattern on the checkered tile floor below. In between these extremes lies a plethora of perils, volleys of darts, spears rocketing from walls, gas or water-filled rooms, walls that suddenly clap together or grind slowly to seal one's doom, covered pits with or without spikes, inward falling doors, rolling rocks, showers of serpents, scything blades, clay jars filled with green slime that fall from above, harmful inscriptions, poison-coated gold, exploding jewels and even traps that look like traps but actually do no harm. The party must thread their way through these dangers if they wish to lay their hands upon the treasures that wait beyond. And that, folks, is the writing of Mr. Michael Curtis. It's an entry under T from the Dungeon Alphabet, an A to Z reference for classic dungeon design. And this is the expanded fourth printing. I've just picked it up. I had a a printed photocopy from a PDF in a small format, but I'm struggling with my eyes and thought, you know what? I really like that book. I'm going to get a proper hard copy. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky to get one, but I managed to find it for a reasonable price. So parted with the cash and very happy I am too. What I would like to say is there is a D30 chart following up that kind of introduction, 
which a lot of the words in that introduction are emboldened and refer to and refer you to other entries within the book. So you you kind of you use these tables with each other on some occasions. But this I've chosen it not because it's specifically or particularly uh, mind warping in its creativity. For a list of 30 items, it just about covers every classic trap you've ever come across. And I thought it might be interesting or amusing, perhaps, to go down through the list. Let's see what we've got then. Poison Needle, Scything Blade, Slashes at Hands, Fusillated Darts, Spears Spring from Wall Stroke Floor, Poison Gas Spews from Object, Cantilevered floor spills victim into pit stroke pool of acid stroke watery pit with aquatic monster. Rocks, stone slab, loose bricks from, fall from above. Portcullis descends, blocking exits or spearing those underneath. Arrows stroke quarrels fired from concealment. Room floods with water, acid, monstrous slime or ooze. Walls of the room compact, squishing the party between them. Ceiling descends. Spikes may or may not protrude. Spring-loaded flagstone launches victim into the air, splattering him against the ceiling. Magical glyph or runes. Fake trap. Object bears false hints that it is trapped but is quite safe. Magical ray strikes victim, turns to stone, searing heat, freezing cold, etc. Room fills with poisonous gas. Mundane objects. Statue, furniture, etc. Spring to life and attack. Pendulum blade swings from the ceiling. Trap door opens, dumping victim down a shaft may lead to lower level. Monster's den or inflict falling damage. Monster released from concealed pen into the room. Object smeared with contact poison. Rolling rock released to crush adventurers underneath. Object filled with serpents, spiders or other venomous vermin. Massive stone slab seals the chamber. Party may starve to death or another threat might be added. Covered pit with or without spikes. Without spikes? What sort of pit's that? Net or snare entangles victim and lifts him or her aloft. Object covered with super strength adhesive, possibly immobilising the victim or encumbering him. False treasure. Object is a disguised monster. Object teleports victim to random predetermined location. There you go, 30 traps, simple as that, dress them up as you like, but at, at their core, I mean, it's quite hard to imagine that you, you're gonna come up with anything particularly new to add to that list, but no harm in trying. And then of course, there's the combinations that you could come up with, a couple of rolls, stick them together. Awesomely simple in my opinion, good job, Mr. Curtis. And I did say I was mostly prompted to record this episode because of a calling kindly left to me by BJ, the arcane alienist. And he's talking a little bit more about something that I touched on in my traps episode and he'd spoken about, which is this idea of social traps. Let's hear what BJ's got to say. Then I'll come back with my thoughts or further thoughts on the subject. Hey Colin, it's BJ. I'm glad I, uh, lit a fire, uh, uh, some inspiration for you there on social traps. Your kind of response made me think about it a little more. 
And I think that the secret may be, the simplest way may be just try to find the the mechanisms we use for social interaction and, and sort of think about how they would parallel the mechanisms we use for traps. So a, a conventional mechanical trap, let's see, well, there, there's some chance to see it before it goes off. There's some chance to diffuse or disarm it if you see it. And then if you fail to notice it or fail to diffuse it, there's a consequence. So I think you'd have to lay it out in that is, is how can you succeed or fail to see it coming? How can you diffuse it once you're aware of it or head it off? And then how would you respond? Not respond. How would you, what happens to you? <laughs> what are the negative consequences of failure? I looked at ICRPG thinking, you know, the, the way ICRPG uses effort as a way to uh, whittle down the effects of, of challenges that aren't in combat. But I don't know if that would work for social stuff. Um, <clears throat> I started thinking in 5e, well, you've got, you've got certain social skills and ability checks you can fall, fall back on to detect something coming. Um, but, you know, social traps, it's not just a hey, there's a social trap on the other side of that door. I mean, there might be. <laughs> social traps have to be a longer, drawn-out... There's a plot. There's there's a manipulation that's trying... Someone's performing and trying to keep their, their true agenda he, he, um, hidden. And that's, that's going to go on for a while. That's not just a boom. It either happens or it doesn't, necessarily. Um... I don't know if that would work on, on, on that effort from ICRPG. I wonder about maybe a skill challenge where, um, you know, so many chances of success before so many failures. Um, could avert, avert getting caught in the trap. <laughs> Again, using your, your mental, social, intellectual, you know, skills, wisdom, charisma, intelligence in various to various degrees or in various ways. Um, and then I guess the consequences if you get stuck is you, you've got a loss of reputation or you become obligated to do something or you got to pay a fine, you get framed for a crime, whatever, some kind of adverse situation that, that, that complicates matters or, or some price has to be paid. I suppose if you're using some kind of mechanic of honor or reputation in your game, you could take a hit with that. Those are, those are kind of social hit points. <laughs> Um, which is another concept I find really fascinating you know, to have sort of some kind of social hit points. Um, but at any rate, the consequence is now you've got a damaged reputation or, or an obligation or maybe a, a, if you're thinking about 5e, you've got now a new bond that you have to <laughs> shake that complicates matters more frequently for you, something like that. I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm just kind of riffing off what you were saying, but... Uh, I'd be interested to hear your, your thoughts on, on that. Take care. So I entirely agree with BJ. This idea that the social trap is probably going to be a more of a long con or something that happens typically in a much greater time span than you would normally associate with a, a trap. The idea of using a kind of a, a skill challenge or effort, type of mechanism that you find in ICRPG seems perfect to me and I do like those t types of 
ability checks or skill challenges, whatever you want to call them, something where there's a cumulative effect. And one thing I thought about was using the the clock idea made popular by such games as Blades in the Dark. The clock advances as the adversary advances their their evil plan. Strangely enough, although I play a lot of 5e, I do play early versions of D&D, and my mind straight away went to the idea of if... Uh, uh, something negative happens as a result of some kind of social trap. The first thing I would lean on for BX type characters would be the uh, loyalty bonus or max number of henchmen, reaction rolls, things like that. Maybe you could temporarily reduce their charisma to reflect a loss of face. It's, it's that type of thing that I think I'm looking for. Nothing super involved. Clearly quite easy in 5th edition. Maybe by uh, creating some kind of condition. Dishonoured. You could call that a condition. And it could impose disadvantage on certain checks. One of the things that I like about 5th edition is those conditions. And when you've got something quite convenient. Such as advantage or disadvantage. Social traps become really quite easy to model. Likewise, you could disregard somebody's proficiency in something like um, intimidation or persuasion because they've lost face. A great calling from BJ. I think there's lots to think about here. And, and that's just a couple of my initial thoughts. And that, as they say, is a wrap. Big thanks goes out to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.